listening to the Velocity Church Podcast. We hope this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. I'll tell you what, we're in the Gospel of John. It's our sixth week. Turn to your neighbor and say six. Six is the number of man, but I'm going to tell you what, we're getting out of chapter one. It's taking us six weeks to get out of chapter one. And, and you know, we think, well, we, we milked this dry. We've done this. You, you never do. And I can go back and I'll see things and I'm like, and God will give me things to see. And I know he does that with you. He gives you revelation and you see things and you're like, man, how did I miss that? Then you go to the eye doctor. Think of my eyes checked. How am I missing that? And you cannot exhaust God's word because it's not natural. It's upholding all things. Did you know that? The reason the sun came up this morning because God ordained it with his word. God's word is upholding all things by the power of his word. Amen. His word is not natural words. It's not just words to fill up a book, but it's spirit and life and health to all whose flesh who finds it. Amen. So this word will transform your mind, it'll transform your soul, it'll help you be able to prove what's the complete and acceptable will of God. It is exciting. I, I, was, I was talking to a friend this week that once you think, you know, I, I get revelation of the word, and then when I give what God, the meal that God's given me, and I give it to you, I think that you're going to eat it, and you're going to run with it. And uh, I tell you what, and so we have to take responsibility of, in action with what we hear. We, won't, don't, we do not want to be just hearers of the word, right? A wise man builds his house on the rock, and he hears the sayings and teachings of Jesus, and he does what he's told to do, and a storm comes and the house doesn't fall because he's built on the rock. But the foolish man hears the same teachings, hears the same good teachings, hears the word of God, but he doesn't do it. That's a foolish man. See, we can deceive ourselves many times thinking that because I've heard it, I agree with it, I have a mental assent, that, that it's done. And, and if I agree with God. You know, the devil agrees, the demons agree that God, Jesus is Lord and tremble. Amen. So we have to realize that, that we, this word, I tell you what, it can, tra- it can change your life, it can set you free, it can bring the prodigal son, prodigal daughter home. Amen. Amen. The wayward son, the wayward daughter, it can heal his health to all who find it. He sent his word so they could be healed. It, it can cause you to prosper if you meditate on it, chew on it, think about it, and not just do that, but to observe it and do it. Everybody say, do it. Do it. See, it, before Nike, Nike didn't come up with that slogan. <laughs> Jesus came up with that. God came up with that. Be doers of the word. Just do it. Just do it. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself here this morning. You know, but let's go ahead and let's, 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 let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you that your Holy Spirit is going to turn on the light bulb today. Bring revelation. And, Lord, that we can be able to see and comprehend. And, Lord, help me to speak effectively where people can hear and understand and comprehend it and go forward in your kingdom. We just praise you. We're thankful to give you all the praise. For all the fruit that's born, we carefully give you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. amen. I'm going to read from John chapter 2. He said, Pastor Arthur, you didn't finish John chapter 1. You got a few there. We'll hit that here in just a second. 
for time's sake, I'll, I'll summarize it. But let's look at uh, John chapter 2. And, and the title of this message, has, The Wine Has Run Out. Turn to your neighbors and the wine's run out. The, run, the wine's running low. I can always tell sometimes when people come in here in this body that the wine's running low. I go to work on Monday morning and, and the wine's running low. Seems like Mondays is the time the wine's running low. All right, John chapter 2. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finally, <laughs> on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, when they ran out of wine, say that again, ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does this, your concern have to do with me? Well, I'm, I'm glad I don't want to answer my mama like that. But you got to realize he was his son, the son of man, but he was also God. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews and they were containing 20 to 30 gallons of peace. Hear this now. Hear this. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water, that it was made wine, he did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out good wine, and when the guest had well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. The beginning of signs. Everybody say signs. The beginning of signs. You know, this is a miracle, turning water into wine. That's a miracle, right? But there's signs. We're talking about signs here. The beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Do you believe in him? Are you here today because you believe in him? Or are you here today because it's the thing to do on Sunday mornings? <laughs> and after this, he went to Capernaum. He and his mother, his brothers and disciples, and did not stay there many days. Now, it's an amazing story here. And, and to finish up chapter 1, you know, after Jesus, the Holy Spirit descended upon a dove and rested on him and remained on him, remained on him. He came out of the water and he heard, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. You remember, he, he left and he ran into uh, Philip and Andrew. Andrew was Simon Peter's, Cephas, the stone, Rocky. That was his brother. And, he, and Jesus begins... John says, this is the Messiah. This is the Lamb of God. And you know what they ask him? Where are you staying at? Jesus, where are you at? Where are you living at? Where are you hanging at? You know what Jesus said? Come and see. And they begin following him. And then they run into Nathaniel. And Philip tells Nathaniel, he says, we have seen the Messiah. 
what Moses spoke about and the prophets spoke about concerning the Messiah, he's here. He's here. And Nathaniel said, can anything good out of Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, that's, that's, that's what people think, you know, because back in the day, Nazareth during Jesus' time, probably a population of about 500, they say, and, and people sometimes despise small beginnings. Small beginnings sometimes don't seem promising. But you've got to realize, don't despise small beginnings. How can you compare the kingdom of God? It's like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all the seeds. But when you plant it and you put the dirt on it and the right temperature and the soil and someone waters it, then God gives the increase. Out of that little seed, it grows to be the biggest. Amen? So, so Nathaniel kind of dogs him and says, can anything good come out of, you know, can the Messiah come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of there? And so Jesus sees Nathaniel walking along as a true Israelite, a true Israelite, without deceit. You know what we are to do? When, when people kind of dog us sometime and call us out and try to cut us a little bit, you know what I'm talking about? Don't call them out. What would Jesus do? He didn't get offended. He didn't say, hey, I heard you dog me back here, right? I heard you did that. You know, give people a break. If people lash out, do you know that sometimes people have misplaced anger, misdirected anger, and it can be going on you, but they're mad about something else. Give people a bit of a doubt. Give people mercy. Give them a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> Give them a break, right? Give them a break, because Jesus did that. He didn't call him out on the carpet. He didn't, he didn't fuss at him. He said he complimented. He didn't talk about his weaknesses. He talked about his strengths. A true Israelite without deceit. And then you know what Jesus said? He said, I mean, Nathaniel goes, hey, how, how do you know me? He says, while you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And you know what Nathaniel said? He says, you are the Messiah. You are the Lord. Have you ever had little small insignificant things that the Lord did in your life that you can explain it to anybody else, but you knew it was God? That when it happened, it was so small, so insignificant that you couldn't even tell anybody, but you said, my Lord and my God. Huh? I mean, you just realize that, that, that he's God. And, 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 and Jesus looks at Nathaniel and goes, this impress you? Because I saw you under the fig tree, this impresses you? He says, buddy, you're fixing to see Jacob's ladder come down. You're fixing to see the dream fulfilled with me because I am Jacob's ladder. You're fixing to see angels ascending and descending down the Son of Man. And so you can imagine, there's three that are following him. He's invited them to follow him. And they are excited. They're like, let's go. This is the end of chapter one. We're going to chapter two. They're like, let's go. Let's watch the lame walk, the blind see. Let's, let's, let's see it all. Let's see the dead rise and come to life again. Well, you know, let's, let's interrupt funerals. So let's do everything. You know, they're excited. And Jesus says, we got to go to a wedding. And they're like, we got three years to be with you. Do you sense the urgency? We gotta do we gotta go to a wedding. Mama said we gotta go to the wedding. Mama is RSVP'd, okay? We're going. We're going to a wedding. And 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 you see scholars that 
you read about and hear about, and they're like, they're dumbfounded by why Jesus went to a wedding. Let me stop right here. We'll get to this point. John talked about signs. To get to your miracle, to get to your breakthrough, there's signs that you got to go to, that you got to go through. You know, it's ironic. I work also as a fire inspector for the state. Isn't it ironic that I'm trying to save people from fire? <laughs> huh? Spiritually and naturally. And I had a guy this week, I was doing a fire inspection, and he, I said, where's your path of egress? Where's your exit signs? He goes, there it is right there, just like that. And he said, that exit, where's it pointing? To that door. Great question, right? If a fire broke out, where would you run to? The path of egress, right through that door. His exit, he pointed to, was pointing to a wall. It's not going to work. Why? It's pointing to the wall. It's pointing to the door. It's right that way. No. It gets smoky in here. Nobody can see. The lights go out. We need to see the door. And God gives you signs. He gives you signs to get to your miracle. We, we expect God, you know, just, you know, just come in and give me a miracle. Come. And, 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 and just do it. But there's a process. Everybody say process. There are signs to get to where God wants to get you to. Just like a sign tells you to go out that door, don't go out that wall, go out that door. God's saying go this way. And here I want to give you the first sign here, here this morning that, that you have to realize that, and this is what the theologians struggle with. They're like, why a wedding? And, and you know where the, the deep revelation is that? It's in verse 2. He was invited. He was invited. Not so much about that he's the groom and we're, we're the bride. He's the bridegroom. We're the bride and the coming. People say they get deep off on that. It's just verse 2. If you invite Jesus, he'll come. Amen. He'll come. Listen, he'll come to your school. He'll come to your day of exam. I've done that many times when I was... Pop quiz, pop quiz time. Oh, Jesus, Lord, be with me. <laughs> I've done it in exams now. Yeah. Take exams, I've got to take exams now to be credited, to do the work I have to do. I have to take exams. I said, Lord, be with me. You know he'll be with you. Amen. He'll be with you getting your learner's permit. He'll be with you where, getting your, your, your driver's test passed. He'll be with you. He'll be with you wherever you want. Be with you on your job. Not just on the mountaintop, not just revival, not just in church on Sunday morning between 10 and 12. But he will be wherever you invite him. He'll do dishes with you. Amen. He'll fold clothes with you. He'll be in your Accord, your Honda. Wherever you invite Jesus, he will come. That's my question here this morning. Are you inviting Jesus in every aspect of your life? Or you're like, no, Lord, I got this part. Now, if my fat gets in the fire, I'll call on you. But, but other than that, I got it here. And God will be a gentleman. He'll let you do, he'll let you run. He'll let you be your own God. And we make a sorry God. He'll let you run with it. So invite him. Not religiously, but daily. 
come to him and say, hey, Lord, you know, I don't know sometimes what I ought to be praying. But I need, I need the Holy Spirit. I need the triune. I need Jesus making intercession for me in my life, in my decisions, in my choices, where to make a turn, what door to go through, what door not to go through. What, let me know if you invite him. And that's sign number one. If you invite him, he will come. Now here is the crisis. Here's what's happened. And at this wedding, Jesus is in the background with his disciples. And they run out of wine. The party runs out of wine. Catastrophe. Because once the wine's gone, the party's over. It's over with. Wine represents joy in the Bible. Did you know that? It represents joy. Not that maybe the joy you're thinking about. You're like, yeah, I get some wine. I get joyful. <laughs> but joy, you know you need joy, is your strength. Wine can be your strength. Talking about spiritual wine, the joy of the Lord, the wine of the Lord is our strength. It's not just being happy. Listen, you can be unhappy and still have joy. Hmm? Happiness is based on happenings. If your happenings are good, you're happy. But how many know that you can happenings not be good and still have joy? And that's what you need to learn to count on. You need to count it all joy when you go through some trials, when you go through some heartaches, when you go through some struggles. You need to count on the joy of the Lord. Can I ask you something here this morning? Has your wine run out? It can do that in life. It can run out on your job. You enjoy your job when you first got it. You're like, oh, this is, thank you, Lord. You're Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You've given me. And then the next thing you know, you're complaining and murmuring, and you're like, oh, here I go. I'm a beast of burden. <laughs> you can run out of joy in your job. You can run out of joy in your church. You can run out of wine in your faith. See, some of you here today, some of you online here this morning, he's like, you're just, you're just going through the motions. Let's sing three praise songs, throw our hands up three times, say hallelujah twice, and what are we having for lunch? <laughs> Pastor Arthur, let's beat the Baptist before, okay? Let's get out here before 1130. Oh. Pastor Arthur, you meddle a lot. Hey, Amen. You run out of wine. You run out of wine in your faith. You know what I'm talking about? Spiritually dry. Numb. Lost all hope, you lose your joy. If you lose hope, that's bad news. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you lose your address, you lose your hope, you lose the faith, you can't get substance. Ooh, you got to have hope. You got to have joy. Lose your joy in your marriage. Ooh, you meddle, Pastor Arthur. Now, men, look straight ahead. Don't look at your wife. Don't look around. Don't stretch. Don't itch. You look. If you're going to do anything, lean forward to me right now and go like this. And like I do not. Pastor Arthur is missing it today. 
But some of you be honest and say, the thrill is gone. The thrill's gone away. Now, you say, Pastor, why do you do this? Because, you know, I'm going to get questions, the 25 questions, when I get in the car, too. <laughs> Has the wine run out in our marriage? Am I the reason the wine's run out? Huh? You're going to get it. So if I'm going to get it, you're going to get it. Amen? amen. <laughs> but the thrill hadn't left us. Amen, baby? Amen. Yes. Man, loosen up a little bit. Amen? God's got a sense of humor. Look at a giraffe, right? Be happy. Don't be so religious. You're like, can we do that? Can we say that? Do we laugh at that? Huh? You know, Lord brings me funny things all the time. He has relationship. Now, here's the thing. Second sign I want you to see, all right? First, invite Jesus. He'll come. When you run out of wine, where do you go to? You go to your, where, do you, where do you go to? Do, do you call up wine anymore? Hey, are y'all still open? Is it 9 o'clock? Can we still get some wine? Huh? What do you run to? Do you run to your resources? Man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live by resources, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's not just talking about Logos word. That's talking about transacting word. Did you know that God's still speaking? Huh? He's still speaking today. And you live by that. You don't live by your resources. Listen, your resources are not your source. God is your source. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of the kingdom. And all the resources will be added unto you. Don't make resources your source. God is your source. Amen. Don't seek God his hands. Seek his face and you'll get his hands. Amen. That's how it works. See, Mary could have ran to everybody she knew. Say, we got any wine? We got any wine? Who did she go to? Jesus. Went to Jesus. Is that what? What do you do? You invite Jesus. You give this religious prayer and say, Lord, be with us today. You invite him, and then you don't go to him. That's not faith if you don't go to him first. And I'm talking about every aspect of your life. Amen? Amen. Have you ever heard this statement? Someone's going through a trial. Someone's going through a tragedy. Someone's going through a struggle. Someone's, maybe it's health. Whatever it is. And people say this. Well, we've done everything we can do. Now all we can do is pray. All we got left is pray. What kind of statement is that, folks? That's the first thing we need to be doing. She went to him Go to God, go to Jesus, and tell him what's going on. And he looks at her and says, what's this involve me for? Did she, <laughs> she made a statement, but she didn't ask the question. She didn't say, well, yeah, I know, but can you go ahead and help out? Because these are really my friends, and you know, and you, I know you're capable of doing it. You know what she does? He says that. And this, I believe, is an act of faith of Mary. Because if you don't have faith, you're not going to go to God anyway. You're not going to come to the throne room boldly in the time of your need if you don't believe that God, if you don't have some expectancy. Huh? 
first of all, you got to believe and expect that God is going to hear you and he's going to do for you. He's going to take care of you. That he hears you. And you get the petitions that you desire. And, and so he says, what's this concern me? It's not my hour. And she doesn't look at him. Turns to disciples. So here's the first sign. Invite Jesus. Second sign, go to Jesus. Third sign, get involved. <laughs> See, God's not going to move. You're, you're not going to get your breakthrough simply because you need it. You're not going to get your breakthrough because you're in bed wishing upon it. You're going to get your breakthrough when you get involved. Faith without involvement. Faith without works is what? Don't deceive yourself and be just hearers only, but be doers of the word. Just do it. We don't have a Nike shirt that just says, not Nike, but Jesus says, just do it. That's our slogan. And they take credit for it. <laughs> if we would just do it. She looked at him, them, and, and, and listen to what her response was. He says, this is not my hour. She's got faith. She doesn't look at Jesus. She looks at the disciples and says, whatever he says to do, just do it. That is a word for somebody here today. Amen? You're saying, oh, Pastor Arthur, I need a word. Would you pray me that I need a word? How about the last word God gave you? Huh? Well, what's the last thing he's told you to do? Have you been obedient at his word? Are you living by your resources? Are you living by bread alone or every word? And to be able to hear the word, you got to be around the Lord. You got to invite him. You got to go to him. You are out chasing resources. We get wore out, including Pastor. I get wore out chasing resources, my own strength. Try to be like Samson and take the gates of the city off myself and run around. And get tired of doing that. And, 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 and living by bread alone will wear you out. But God, amen. She says, whatever you, he says to do, do it. Do it. Do it. Get involved. And so what does Jesus say? He says, you see those six stone pots there? He says, the six stone pots? He says, you know what? He says, I know y'all use that for religious ceremonies, to purification and washing, but I'm fixing to show you some real power. Because religion is just a form of power that denies, it, it, it denies power. It's like a form of godliness, but it denies the power. He says, I'm fixing to use what you use for, I'm fixing to show you how I can overcome religion. Just religious traditions. You're not getting nothing done out of this. Coming into the temple and the synagogue. You're not coming and get, washing your hands here. But I'm going to take those pots. And he says, and there's 20 to 30 gallons. The Bible says that. Y'all catch that? 20 to 30 gallons in each pot. Six pots. 20 to 30 gallons. That's a lot of water. Now, Richard, they didn't go grab a hose bib and a faucet. They didn't go grab a water hose and say, okay, we're going to do it, Pastor. I mean, we're not going to do it, Jesus. And fill it up. How do they get their water? Well, river. <laughs> Have you ever asked God for wine and he gives you water? 
Huh? Everybody say process. See, sometimes you've asked God, I know some of you here here this morning, including myself, I've asked God something to intervene in a certain area of your life. And you say, Lord, I need some wine on this. And what does he give you? Water. And that was, listen, water weighs 8.34 pounds a gallon. We're talking 250 pounds of water. Not to mention how much the pot to support all that water weighed. Fill them all up to the brim. Have you feel like you've just been walking around with water? Carrying water? You've been praying for wine, asking God, I need wine, I need joy, I need you to intervene in this. He says, yeah, go work. Get involved. It's going to take some involvement here. It's a process here. Because God not only wants to change the water into wine, he wants to change you. He wants to change you. He wants to, listen, you know what the propensity of people is? Can you imagine? I'll be out there and I'm like filling up water, gallon over here, walk it back into the pot. 30 times on this one, right? Propensity of people would be, what are we doing? This is water. I got water. It's water when we draw it out. It's water when we carry it. It's water when we pour it out. We're going to be wore out. Do you feel like that? You've been praying and God's saying, here, here's some water. Carry it. Why? Because God wants to change us through the process. If need be, you go through some trials, some fiery trials. If need be, we don't want that. But it says, count it all joy. When you fall in, not your fault sometimes, but fall into trials, fiery trials. Knowing this, we know something, that the testing of your faith, carrying water, the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, entire, and wanting nothing. See, while your faith is beating the daylights out of that trial, Patience is working on you. Well, you're carrying, and you walk by what? You walk by carrying water. You walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Amen. So they draw it. They pour it. They carry it. It's still water. And some of you, the devil is a liar. He's been telling you. Your situation is not going to change. You could have done this yourself. You're not getting anything from God. Where's your God? And the devil is a liar. Because there comes a time where God's going to change. He's going to see your faithfulness of carrying water. That the testing of your faith is changing you. You're becoming more perfect and complete. You're becoming mature. And you're going to enter a new dimension. It wasn't until they set the pots down, they were filled up, did what God told them to do, did what Jesus told them to do. Jesus says, now draw the water out. And then it turned into wine. Draw it out in his faith. Gave it to the master of the party. He didn't know where it came from. And he says, you have saved the best for last. 
That's a word for some of you here today. You're sitting there thinking, you know what? I, I'm just going to carry water all my life. God's not going to intervene. You're fixing to hit a new dimension because you've been faithful. God's seen that you've been faithful, that you didn't throw in the towel. You didn't quit. You didn't complain. You kept on going. You kept on going forward. Amen. And God's fixing. Listen, your vats are fixing to flow, overflow with new wine. Amen. You say, not old wine. Listen, you're saying, oh, my good old days, they're behind me. No, they're, they're in front of you. Amen. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. My latter days. Amen. He says, I will bless your latter days.